So welcome back everyone to the first Cybersecurity Magazine podcast of 2022. I'm Philippa Jeffries and I'm joined by Hans Christian Rudolph as always and today we are talking to Peter Langendorfer from the Leibniz Institute for High Performance Microelectronics about his work in AI detection of attacks in automation systems. Um, so welcome everyone. To start with Peter, can you brief, please briefly introduce your work in this area and yourself? Thank you Philippa and uh, welcome everyone. Yes, sure. So uh, automation systems are all the systems that are going to control some kind of a process, which might be uh, factory floor uh, automation, mm -hmm. like producing cars, but also uh, chemical processes. And uh, it might relate also to critical infrastructure um, as uh, energy grid or waterworks. And uh, of course, the problem is that most of these systems are deployed and are working for several decades, which is definitely decoupled from the uh, lifetime of you, you, uh, consumables, where we'll have something like a two-year cycle, and then you get a new device, and here we'll have like 20, 15 years, which means in some cases, the software is outdated, no one is uh, providing some kind of patches any longer and the devices might be now connected to the internet mm -hmm. because uh, running the devices uh, using wireless connections and using the internet is going to help the businesses to improve the uh, process in the sense of reducing cost to do so but uh, the devices are now exposed to all the attacks that are done for internet-enabled devices, but they haven't been sought to be connected to the internet when they were developed first. So this is where the, the big problem comes from. And talking about AI in that field, um, we, we have the problem that we need to detect some of the attacks as early as possible. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the last millennium, AI-based uh, intrusion detection was considered to be infeasible, which may be related to the fact that the processing power to do uh, strong learning with uh, machine learning algorithms was not really available. So they, they really advanced in that field. And in addition, when it comes to automation systems, um, it's not like you have a very creative user in front of a desktop device doing mm -hmm. something uh, new and you have that mm, the impression that this is kind of an anomaly. But in a manufacturing system, it's it's quite, quite regular. So you know exactly when the machinery is going to, to communicate, uh, when sensor readings are done, when are they sent to the control station, stuff like that. <laughs> so it seems at least to be much easier to learn what the normal behavior is and then to detect the anomalous behavior in order to say, okay, this or that is kind of uh, an attack. If it's an attack, you eventually don't know that for sure because it might be just a device that is malfunctioning due to uh, aging or whatever, but um, in my point of view, this is not that bad. So you have uh, a false positive with respect to the security issue, but there is some problem you need to care uh, about in any case. So that should be not that bad and uh, not make the system uh, unusable. Mm -hmm. So. Okay, fantastic. Um, and kind of going back to 
um, automation systems themselves. You talked a little bit about how it can be a challenge because they can become connected to the internet or have outdated um, software on them. Uh, I was just wondering we could talk a bit more about specifically kind of what security risks are associated with automation systems. Um, kind of what kind of attacks would you expect and what are you what kind of attacks are you looking at? So um, <clears throat> simple attacks might be uh, denial of service attacks when you just mm -hmm. make sure that there is more network traffic than the system can uh, handle. Yeah. It's quite easy to do. And then if the uh, communication of the automation system is uh, cut, it might run uh, into a state in which it's no longer under control or just go into some kind of emergency stop. Okay. Talking, talking about critical infrastructure like waterworks, uh, you definitely want, don't want to have something like that. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about waterworks, so uh, last year, February, there was an attack against the, the waterworks in Oldsmar, Florida, where they were trying to uh, increase the uh, percentage of, I think it was nitrate or nitrite or something like that, which is normally used to clean the water. But if you increase it above a certain uh, threshold, it becomes poisoning to the people uh, consuming yeah. water. So it was detected very early, but this was uh, the last very prominent attack against uh, automation. Okay. Would you say that kind of automating systems more in, opens them up more to attacks and makes them more vulnerable in this way? Or would you, is it kind of like they're just more vulnerable to different types of attacks? To be honest, I don't really understand what is the difference in the two things you are asking for. So I try to answer both. So uh, there are automation systems are vulnerable to different type of attacks, mm -hmm. definitely. So denial of service, as already mentioned, is something that uh, can be run against any uh, network system. So uh, with a distributed denial of service attack, you can even get down uh, the Amazon server farm. Yeah. And you can do it for automation systems. We just published a new attack against an automation system in which we were manipulating the code executed by the programmable uh, logic controller. Uh, which puts it into a whole state to a date we defined, which means you can uh, determine at which point in time the system is going to stop working properly. And you couldn't do that well in, in advance, so you don't have any problem with the timing to get into the system. So you can do everything uh, with sufficient time, and then you just define the, the, the time when the attack uh, strikes. And I think this is a bit different to what you normally have in a computer system, mm -hmm. even though some of the ransomware uh, stuff is doing similar things. So they uh, infect your system and they start working only a few days, weeks, or even months later. And then they are going to encrypt your system and send you the, the letter to pay for. So uh, in principle, there are very, very much similarities but the consequences might be completely different. So um, automation systems going wild may cause uh, harm to human being lives. And as long as it is not uh, the hospital infected by the ransomware, it normally does not mean a, a direct consequence for the, the safety of people. Mm -hmm. I think there is th this is more or less the, the difference I would make. So at the end, it's all uh, a network system and it's vulnerable to all that. 
And uh, what I op often uh, hear from uh, small and medium enterprises, ah, we're too small to be attacked, which is yeah. uh, not really true. There are some search engines in the web, uh, which is uh, one is a shodern. It's like Google for IoT devices. You can look up for uh, PLCs. You can even look up for devices with specific um, vulnerabilities. You can even look for servers still having the hot bleed bug, and you can uh, definitely go for those. Um, which does not mean that you are attacking an, an SME uh, directly, a specific one, but you can go for uh, any. Or if it's like the, the watering hole attacks, um, you just send out phishing mails where the, the devices are infected. Mm -hmm. And then you just hit some of the SMEs who never thought to be on your, your list, just by pure random. Right, right. Thank, thank you for that introduction, Peter. Now that we've established sort of a basis of what we want to protect um, and what we want to protect against, I um, want to move our focus a little bit to the how and, and uh, what your research is focusing on uh, in terms of uh, detection of attacks. So what exactly um, do we mean when we say AI detection or AI-supported detection of, of attacks against these systems? Okay, so basically the idea is quite simple. Where we try to record some of the normal behavior once the system is in place and try to use AI means in order to do kind of a classification, what is the normal behavior, and then anything that does not match that clause is considered to be some kind of anomaly, which then may be considered to be an attack. Um, so in principle, we are mainly going for something called one-class classifier, and one of the most simple methods are support vector machines, which is uh, good because with automation systems, we also talk about resource-constrained devices. So most of these devices don't have many uh, resources in, in the sense of computing power, so you can do only very simple things. Okay. Right. Also, that is not going to run on the, the PLCs, but somewhere else in the, the network, because you need to know a bit more about the network traffic to see if there is something uh, fishy going on. Is that more or less answering your question? Yeah, that, that gives us an idea. And maybe to provide our listeners with a bit more context of, of where we're coming from uh, in, in this domain. You mentioned earlier that in, in the early 90s or in the 90s and the early 2000s, uh, that type of detection was considered to be too complex. Um, what exactly has been done before? Or is this kind of attack detection completely new in the domain of, of automation systems? Um, I think in, in the past, nobody was caring about uh, detecting attacks in automation systems. So. Uh, they have been really sloppy also with uh, just making sure that they have the last patches uh, deployed. So I think the first uh, serious attack against an automation system was an attack which was done by pure random against a nuclear plant in the US. I think it was in Ohio in 2001. And they were hit by the slammer worm, which was not definitely done to, to run an attack against automation systems. It was just overloading the whole internet all over the world. 
and the patches against the slimmer worm were out six months before that attack happens. And I think it was a, a subcontractor doing some construction work there, and they came with an infected device, and this device was infecting the, the nuclear plant. And even though nothing bad happened, I don't consider that a, a relaxing situation. And I also think the very known Stuxnet uh, could have been eventually detected earlier if there would have been a proper uh, supervision or monitoring of the network traffic because it was uh, crawling through the automation network to find the right devices. And most probably that happened at points in time where there should not have been any type of communication at all. So it would have been kind of an indication. So I think with respect to that, so it's quite new that they are uh, caring about that, which is also related to the fact that they haven't been uh, networked that much in the past. Okay, and kind of, yeah, looking again at kind of using specifically artificial intelligence for um, security, what benefits would you say that AI supported detection brings um, to automation systems opposed to kind of other methods of security? Um, I think the, the benefits uh, are that you may be able to detect um, kind of, I, I would call it a zero-day exploit or very new attack. Mm -hmm. Because if you have a signature-based system, uh, you need to know in which steps the attack is going to happen, how mm -hmm. the packets are going to look like, and then you record, okay, uh, this looks like step one, step two, step three. Okay, this is an attack. Yeah. But that means you need to know the attack. If someone comes with something completely new, you won't be able to, to do it with that such kind of a system. And uh, the AI-based stuff has the, the benefit that you eventually are going to see that there are some differences from the, the normal behavior so that you can detect this type of attacks early. But that holds true also for the non-automation uh, systems mm -hmm. on the internet. We are looking for automation systems because they come with this uh, extra feature or extra challenge that you need to do it for resource constrained systems that are outdated. So mm -hmm. you could do it for any other system as well. And I think there the, the AI based stuff is now running um, also quite well. Okay, um, and I was just wondering, you mentioned earlier that the AI may detect not just kind of attacks on malicious attacks, but also kind of issues within the system that appear like um, someone's interfering. I was just wondering if there's a way that you can tell kind of what is a real attack and what is just an issue in the system and whether AI can do that. Um, I would say in principle, yes, it's feasible. Mm -hmm. um, at the end, it really depends on the, the training data you have at hand. Okay. So uh, after a while, if you have uh, sufficient traces, what happens in case of a failure of some of the, the systems like a sensor or wires or whatever, you can have uh, the AI means trained to detect different types of anomalies. Okay. So that you no longer go for one class classifier and no, no, normal mm -hmm. behavior anomalies, but you go for normal behavior uh, problems with the sensor, problems with valves, attacks. Um, that's feasible. But the tricky thing is to get sufficient uh, data to do proper training. Yeah. Uh, make sure that this data uh, is available, is 
eventually really tricky for uh, companies that do not own such large systems. And this is part of what we're trying to, to research right now with experts from the, the field of AI, how we are able or if we are able to merge the data of different waterworks in order to make sure okay. that at the end the train system can be uh, applied for different types of waterworks. So they should be very similar. So in principle, it, it seems feasible. <laughs> But uh, it needs to be proven that that works. And we're trying to do so also with simulation data in order to enhance the training data set to get more training traces, because this is what makes the quality at the end uh, more sustainable. That that makes sense. Yeah, that that would have been one of my my next questions. So, is is how well does it translate to different systems? You you mentioned that you mentioned earlier that obviously you are working in a very resource constrained environment. Um, are there any other very specific challenges when when applying AI specifically to this to this domain or to this type of um, system? Honestly, I don't think so. So uh, the problem are the resources in sense of training data and computing resources. And the other thing is that because this is uh, a real-time system, if you want to, to intervene once you detected an attack, it's not that easy mm. because um, eventually you, you, you cannot really stop the process for different reasons. If it's a chemical process, it won't stop immediately. That's the one thing. Uh, if it's critical infrastructure and there is an attack going on, so if you stop the waterworks from providing uh, drinking water to your population, you might be in trouble as well. Uh, so eventually it's better to let the attack run and, and try to, to cure it in a different way. And uh, also the point of uh, doing the monitoring may not interfere with the normal operation. So talking about real-time mm -hmm. main uh, some deterministic behavior, so it's not essentially needed that it's really fast. But if you kind of uh, disturb the system by hopefully only passive reading, it shouldn't happen. But if you do something in addition, in the sense of mm, we apply some cryptographic means to make sure that the messages have their uh, integrity entered, then uh, it might become really tricky to really apply that. And of course, uh, most of the uh, companies are quite conservative when it comes to touching the system. So also in the project with the waterworks, they were not really happy uh, to do a live demo. So at the end, it will be something which runs in parallel to the system so that we can show in principle it works, but uh, they won't let you touch the system unless they, it's yeah. in a whole state anyway, then eventually yes, but uh, for sure not in, uh, in a normal uh, working situation. And of course, there are some uh, special rules that apply. So normally they are more or less locked in the contract with their uh, automation system supplier. So if they change something with respect to the software and it's not uh, agreed with the, the vendor, they're going to lose warranty, which is a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, and if they are not going to support anything new, they are in problem. 
um, normally have not IT specialists there, but some guys from uh, mechanical engineering or automation control engineering with a different mindset and a completely different focus on what is important for the system. So also to, to raise a proper awareness of the problem and how to treat it is uh, different now if you talk to IT guys. Okay. Um, interesting. And kind of going back to um, looking again at the AI, kind of the benefits it can bring. I was wondering if what kind of attacks are particularly kind of appropriate and easy to detect with the help of AI? Is there particular attacks that are kind of more suited to this or? Um, yeah, that was my question. The honest answer is I really don't dare to say this type of attack is more easy to <laughs> uh, to detect than the other one. Um, for the, the denial of service attacks, it's quite easy. You see the number of packets increasing that should be okay. early indicated. That is easy to do. Uh, when it comes to the attack I was mentioning earlier, where we are going to infect really the, the controller, it's just one more packet if at all, which is normally okay. exchanged, so um, there is not much of a difference to be seen. So it really depends on the, the impact of the attack on the behavior mm -hmm. of the system, how good or bad it can be detected using the AI means. Okay. On, Sorry, on, that, note, on that note, actually, um, to what extent, based, based on your research and your interaction with these these um, companies that operate these environments, how well do they enforce um, basic security hygiene? So, for example, encryption of, of network traffic. And does that affect um, the analysis that you are trying to perform using AI? Um, my current experience is that there is no network traffic encryption at all, at least not once we are in the op operation technology, so in the automation system, because the, the devices are not going to support them. So there are some not that well implemented means in the latest uh, Siemens protocols, but they are trying to have some data integrity, but it's not done on a per packet basis, but more on a, they do it at the first instance, when they set up the connection and then it runs uh, without a kind of refreshing it, which is uh, the reason why our attack in infecting the controller even works with the Siemens uh, devices of the latest generation, uh, which is not that much of a, a relaxing situation. So um, I understand that running proper cryptographic means on those devices is really, really tricky. And uh, this is the reason why we have invested quite some uh, effort in the past to implement hardware accelerators to do so, because they do not need much energy and they are that fast that they should not make any trouble in a real-time system. But currently the devices are built without this uh, type of hardware accelerators, which is a bit strange because almost all of the wireless devices uh, you can buy at least come with some AES hardware mm. accelerator. So it's implemented in almost any RF front end. And it, to me, it's not reasonable to set up a device which is communicating even in a wired system without at least that. 
And that would be, uh, I mean, to get rid of most of the problems, but it's not in place yet. And of course, all the recommendations are there to make sure that you are going to have uh, your, your, your network separated. So you have your office network and you mm -hmm. have the, the manufacturing network and you have a demilitarized zone in between. And in the best case, you allow only communication from the manufacturing side to the office network, but not vice versa. And you're going to rely on uh, specific protocols make sure that you have uh, a proper firewall running in the demilitarized zone make sure that you detect almost everything um if they are really uh, going to do so i doubt and uh, of course it will depend on on the size of the company so if you have some really large manufacturer they have their IT specialists hopefully in place and they will make sure that this is done properly. But if you have an SME with something like 50 uh, employees, they have the similar problems, but they don't have any IT specialists and they, it, it looks like a mess. Mm -hmm. So we're currently running a competence center for IT security with a focus on the manufacturing systems. And we use a Fischer Technik technique. Is it's German, so it's a Fischer Technik system, which looks like a uh, production line, and there we have a, a Siemens PLC attached to. And we did a first training with uh, some interested uh, guys from SMEs in the region to tell them how to do a network separation in the automation system, and they were quite happy with getting this hands-on experience. So that's kind of a, a real benefit to them because they even don't don't need to pay for the training. So it's funded by the government. So we do that for free. And uh, hopefully we are going to, to train them in a way that they are able to do that also in the, the real system. Okay, great. Um, and just to kind of finish looking at the AI side of it, uh, we were wondering what your view on the kind of risk of Hackers or attackers using AI themselves um, for malicious purposes or to attack the system? I guess this is going to happen uh, mm -hmm. anytime soon. I don't have a clear view how you could use it in order to run a specific uh, type of attack. Okay. First papers are out where people are discussing what is going to happen if you manipulate the training data in order yeah. to make sure that some attacks eventually are not going to be detected. Okay. Um, I, this is going to happen uh, in your case when you don't have sufficient data on your own and you need to buy some data to, to train your system. Otherwise, you should be quite sure that your system is, is kind of okay. That could be uh, one of the steps to not really exploit the AI uh, power, but to uh, kind of manipulate the AI uh, means in order to to do something uh, bad. On the other hand, I already mentioned the the hardware accelerators for cryptographic operations, and uh, these devices are eventually um, vulnerable to something called a side channel attack, which is uh, measuring some of the physical parameters like. Uh, power traces or electromagnetic traces and then analyzing that in order to extract the secret key out of the device. 
and uh, we used AI means to do this extraction from the, the traces and that works quite good. Um, it works also well with uh, standard statistical means because you just need to make sure that you kind of learn what the system is going to do when it's going to process a one out of the key or a zero out of the key. And then you just separate that with AI means are quite good in, in doing so. And of course, this is going to be uh, a first step using AI to, to really create some sophisticated attacks. We will try to use AI means in, in the um, engineering process of these devices to avoid this, these problems. But, okay. um, this is just a, a project idea we applied for a grant, so we'll see if we, we get the money to do so. I guess to a certain extent, it also is the question of whether you really need AI to attack these systems if basic security hygiene is, is not implemented throughout. So <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that, that's the problem. So um, you, you don't need to have these uh, high-end weapon if they come away are uh, <laughs> overwhelmed with just uh, a check knife. So um, right, yeah, right. definitely. So. It, it, it's really tricky to, to make uh, sure that the world becomes better with respect to that. But I think um, it's really important that companies start to work on that. And uh, from my experience, it's often that they are kind of biased by the idea that 100% ah, security is so tricky and you never reach it. And, and due to that, we, we just don't do anything. But I think um, you can get rid of, I would say, at least 80% of the attacks and, and issues if you just implement the very basic means. Okay. And they're not that tricky. And eventually the percentage is even higher. So um, they need to start thinking in a different way. That's, that's my opinion, but um, you never know if I'm right or not. Some, some basic hygiene would be... Uh, very well appreciated. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm afraid we're kind of coming to the end of our time now, but just to finish, um, can you give us some of your thoughts on kind of the future of this research and what kind of your group is looking to do next? Yeah, sure. So, um, of course, the AI means are um, power hungry in the sense of computing intensive. Mm -hmm. um, part of what right now doing is to implement some hardware accelerators to, to use it for detecting attacks. We have a project running in that uh, respect already. So we try to implement a support vector machine and hardware to detect return-oriented programming attacks on embedded devices. So it's a bit different to what we have discussed so far because that was related to more to network. This is really when the, the malicious software is already uh, more or less deployed on your device. And I think this is the, uh, the way we are going to proceed. So it will be uh, energy efficient uh, AI means to okay. protect uh, embedded devices, and that might be in the manufacturing area or sensor networks, monitoring environmental processes, stuff like that. And also AI means as a, a powerful uh, method to uh, 
improve the quality of such systems will be part of what we are, are aiming for. And I think more and more groups will go in a similar direction. So my gut feeling. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, thank you very much. Um, thank you so much, Peter, for joining us today uh, and taking the time. It's been really interesting. Thank you, Philippa. My pleasure. Thank you, Hans. Thank you.